When I first saw that, I wasn't going to play it, and I thought, nah, it's way too cool. <laughs> Good morning. morning. Welcome to Mount Hope Church. The Hope, as we were calling ourselves. Uh, I just want to thank Second Story. That's the name of the worship team that was up here. You guys did an, <clears throat> you did an awesome job today, and we really appreciate it. Uh, you're coming over and filling in while our worship pastor and his family is down in Florida. He'll be back next Sunday. Amen. I guess that's all the announcements. How many like the one Andy did with uh, Common Ground? That was. Hey, if you see that on Facebook, make sure and share it because we're hoping that one and maybe uh, the, the POP, the POP, uh, uh, power of Prayer will also go viral. It'd be cool to see that everywhere. You guys about ready to go? All right. Say, say goodbye to our young people. Have a blast over there today. Bye, youngins. All the life just left the room. Okay, you guys might fit in there, yeah. <laughs> the oldest one in the group's 22. I, I said, hey, this is an older congregation. Uh, not that there aren't young people in here. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm getting all the nods. Hey, 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 hey I'm over here. Hey. Well, I'm old. Oh, where? They just left? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Would you... Uh, Join me as I begin with prayer this morning. Father, we just thank you again for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us of all our unrighteousness. And today, Lord, we just ask that you would just show up in a big way. God, tenderize our hearts. Give us the minds of Christ today. Lord, ears to hear, eyes to see what you want us to see and hear. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Have your way with us. And, and I, I trust that every person here came because they need something from you. Maybe it's just more of you. Maybe it's, uh, they have a need in their life. But Lord, I pray before they leave today, they would hear from you. Even if this man doesn't say it, Lord, I pray you would speak directly into their lives. Things that nobody else knew, only you could know. And Lord, we just trust that you're going to move here today, as you often do. And we commit and dedicate this service to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Excuse me. You know, I don't often give credit uh, to our guys in the back, but I just wanted to thank our tech team, uh, especially this week. Troy spent about three days tearing underneath this thing, trying to get this working so that this would work. If you were here last Sunday, you know what I'm talking about. That was a little bit frustrating. And uh, I just appreciate Troy. Thank you. And uh, there are some things that are just over my head, and that's one of them. So I just appreciate having people around here that actually understand all this stuff. Amen? Well, last week we ended with uh, Revelation chapter 18. This week we're going to dive back into Revelation 19. Now we know that uh, the Lord is going to judge the earth. He starts with the false church or the false prophet or both. And then he moves into taking care of business with the uh, economy, the, the Babylon the Great. Uh, all the resources are going to be put into one spot and they're all gonna, the world is going to live off of that resource, and God is going to say enough, and He's going to just blow it up. There's not going to be anything left, and we saw that last week. Now this week, this is the good part. Everybody say the good part. This is the part where, well, most of us probably been waiting for this. If you've been in this series with us, and I ended it for about two months, but we're getting back in it, we're going to finish it this time, I hope, uh, Lord willing, but... Uh, I believe that today you're going to be excited by this message. Amen. Beginning with verse 1. Oh, John, I can't see it behind you, but I guess I can make it do. After this, 
I heard what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting, Praise the Lord. How many can say, Praise the Lord? Did you know this is the only place in the New Testament where this is said? It's found in the Old Testament, and it's the word hallelujah, all right? And that literally means praise the Lord. So I thought that was pretty cool. All the heavenly saints, all the angels are singing, praise the Lord. How many want to be there? We're going to be. We're going to be there. Amen. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. His judgments are true and just. He has punished the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality. He has avenged the murder of his saints. Verse 3. And again their voices rang out, Praise the Lord! The smoke from that city ascends forever and ever. How long is hell going to last? A couple weeks? Forever. And this city, Babylon the Great, for whatever reason, God wants it to be a testament to what happens to those who go against Him. Forever and ever, this city is going to smoke, is going to burn. Then the 24 elders and the four living beings fell down and worshipped God who was sitting on the throne. They cried out, Amen. Praise the Lord. They're ready for this. They've been waiting, and it's finally time. I don't know about you, I hope you're ready. Because when this blast goes out and the Lord says, it's time, there's no time left to get right with God. If you haven't already done it, guess what? You ain't going. All right. From the throne came a voice that said, Praise our God, all His servants, all who fear Him, from the least to the greatest. You know, God is no respecter of persons. When we get to heaven, there's, there will be uh, levels of authority. But as far as He looking at us, we're all the same in His eyes. He loves us equally. Now, we all say we love each of our own kids. I don't know if you, if you have kids. It's really hard to even that out and to be able to say, yeah, I love all my boys the same. I really do try that. But God's going to actually be able to do that. He can get away with it. You know, I love what Tim LaHaye said, and I quote, No wonder there is rejoicing in heaven at the realization that Satan's religious, commercial, and political systems will never again be permitted to lead men astray. When I look at the news or read any of the articles out there, it breaks my heart. I can only imagine what God's feeling. To see the, the perverse things going on around us today. And they call it normal. But it's not. It's not. Verse 6. Then I heard again what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd or the roar of mighty ocean waves, or the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. I had the opportunity to watch some of the uh, college basketball yesterday and Friday. My son Joe and his family, they're, abs they're insane when it comes to that stuff. And my grandson Tyler is a Spartan fan. He was not happy yesterday. <laughs> if you paid attention to the game, they lost. <laughs> and, and it was just like, before we left, because we were driving back home, about the time the game started, and I looked at him and I said, I don't know why, but I said, Michigan is their kryptonite. And they looked at me like, what? What do you mean, Papa? I said, they're going to lose. And they did. I didn't want them to lose. But I knew it was in their head. Michigan's going to beat us. And they won. But what I wanted to point out was how excited the crowd got. There was this cheering and this jeering. And man, they were excited. Especially at the end of the game when Michigan won. That whole room erupted. That whole building erupted. That's nothing compared to what heaven's going to be like. 
Nothing. It's going to sound like the roar of the ocean. All the saints, praise the Lord, it's time. Hallelujah. Can anybody else get excited besides me? Let us be glad and rejoice. And let us give honor to Him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. And His bride has prepared herself. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. Author Ron Rhodes, in his 40 Days Through Revelation, said, The brightness of the linen, this fine linen, indicates God's glory. You remember when Moses went up to the mountain? And he heard from God and he came down and people were afraid because he glowed like a lightning bug. We're going to be like that. Only it's going to be continuous because we're always going to be in his presence. And whenever you're in his presence, you're going to be supercharged with his glory. I don't think we can even comprehend what it's going to be like when we get to heaven. It's going to be so glorious. But Ron went on to say it's pureness the pureness that the people put on, its pureness indicates that all remnants of sin are gone. You know, we're not completely ready yet. Yes, we've been forgiven. Our sins are under the blood of the Lamb if we've confessed our sins and invited Jesus to take us over. But we're not finished yet. We're not in our glorified bodies yet. That's yet to come. That's what's going to happen right here. The bride, when, when God is finished with us, the bride will be utterly pure. Meaning 100% pure. No remnant of sin will ever be in us again. How many can say that's good news? Verse 8 goes on, For the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. And I underline those because I really want to fasten in on that today. The fine linen represents the good deeds of God's people. The angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, these are true words that come from God. Who's going to be invited? Realize that we haven't heard from the church since Revelation 4.1. So from chapters 6 through 18, that's all about the tribulation. The church hasn't been mentioned. And then all of a sudden, we start hearing about the church again. She reappears because it's time for a wedding to take place. Can you get excited? Again, I like what Ron Rhodes said about this. He pointed out three things that are important to understand as far as the Hebrew wedding metaphor is concerned. One, the bride is always betrothed to the groom. We are the what? The church is the bride. Who's the groom? Jesus Christ. All right, so he is going to come and get us. That's number two. The groom always comes to claim his bride he goes to her house and he says okay i'm ready come on and where does he take him take her to his house his father's house his father's house guess where we're going his father's house hallelujah is that exciting or what everyone that has been born again between the resurrection of Christ all the way up to the rapture is going to be a part of this bride. Everyone. And Jesus said this, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? Verse 3, again, my underline there when everything is ready i will come and get you can you say that when everything is ready i will come and get you 
when the father says, it's time, he's coming. He's coming back for his church without spot or wrinkle. Now next week, I'm going to get into the marriage supper part. You'll realize why next week. I'm not going to get into that today just to say that's the third part of this. Much is taking place right now in heaven while the seven-year tribulation is taking place, including, and this is the part I want you to get, including the judgment seat of Christ. Now before you go, well, I thought that this was a church. It is. The judgment, don't think about it as something negative. It's not. It's actually rewards-based for most. If you don't fit into the for most part, you need to get your act together. And you're going to understand what I'm talking about here in just a minute. But we're all going to be judged. We're all going to stand before Jesus and He is going to investigate us. I don't know if you guys know this. Some of you do. Some of my closer friends. But I applied as a state police chaplain or I applied for the the position of state police chaplain here in northern Michigan and when this process started first I was interviewed and I passed that then they said okay they sent me this 20 page thing I had to fill out and I had to list all my relatives that were still living and even the dead ones and then I had to list friends and close associates so they could call them and find out what kind of person I was And then they did a full background check on me. I mean, this is what the guy said, one of the commanders, when I left the interview. He goes, trust me, big brother's watching. And I was like, really? This is is volunteer. (laughs) The reason I brought this up They did a thorough check on me. They called people I didn't even list. They were calling some of the people I listed and saying, now who else could we call to find out about this guy? Right, Brian? Yeah, you gave gave me up. You gave gave him (laughs) Peggy's name. I didn't put her down for a reason. She's not even in here to defend herself. I'm just kidding. The background check they did on me, the investigation they did on me, is nothing compared to God's investigation. He is going to look at everything you and I do on this planet. Hopefully it's under the blood. Right? You know what that means? That you've repented of your sins, that it's taken care of, but I want to go a little bit further than that. I really want you to see what I'm about to show you. I believe this God is going to test us to see whether we were faithful or whether we cheated on Him. Why would would you think I cheated on Jesus? It's called adultery. Idolatry. It's when you have any other God before Him. That's cheating on Him. Anything that is more important to you than your Heavenly Father is idolatry and you're cheating on Him. Anything. Whatever that might be, it could be your kids. You could hold your kids in higher esteem than God. That's wrong, by the way. God first, then your family. Then everybody else. Don't miss that. Don't don't get things out of order. So the church is going to be investigated. And when we're investigated, it's for the purpose of being rewarded. I love this. Let's start with uh, 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will receive, we will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or what? Or evil that we have done in these earthly bodies. You with me? Verse 15. He, Christ, died for everyone so that those who receive his new life read that part with me will no longer live for themselves we will no longer live for ourselves but we'll begin 
to live for him. Instead, this verse says, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Christ died for us that we might live for him. Some of you do that really well. Others, reminds me of, it's all about me. Right? No, it's not. It's all about Him. That's how God intends this whole relationship to work. You probably already know this, but we're all saved by what? There's the verse. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So we can say, well, God doesn't expect us to do anything. Eh, 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 wrong. Don't take that out of context. You can do nothing to get into heaven short of the blood of Jesus. That's a requirement. Number one, you got to put on the righteousness of Christ. That's why he died for us. It's the only way we get to heaven. But there's also a works-based system that God's going to use to reward us. In other words, when we get to heaven, God's going to do that background check on you and me, and He's going to show us the things we did right. And hopefully the things we did right are going to outweigh the things we did wrong. Our big brother, Jesus, really is watching. Can I hear an amen? That should sober some of you, though. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Let me read this from the Message Bible. 1 Corinthians 3, 11-15 Remember, there's only one foundation. How many? The one already laid, and that's on who? Jesus. So you've got to have Jesus Christ. If you haven't started there, that's step one, Jesus Christ. Verse 12, take particular care. Take what? Is this important? Take particular care in picking out your building materials. Eventually, there is going to be an inspection. There's that word. If you use cheap or inferior materials, you'll be found out. The inspection will be thorough and rigorous. Uh Uh-oh. Some of us are already shaken. We won't get by with a thing, but, verse 14, if your work passes inspection, fine. If it doesn't, and this is a part some of you need to shudder with, if it doesn't pass, Your part of the building will be torn out and started over, but you won't be torn out. You'll survive, but just barely. I don't know if you understand the full gravity of what this is saying. But I believe that when we stand before Jesus, He's either going to reward us, or we're going to find ourselves in a very embarrassing situation where all will see what's taking place. So what will be said about your works? Will you be rewarded? What will, be, what will the investigation re- reveal about your deeds? Will they hold up under the magnifying glass of God? Everything we do, everything, say that, everything we do will be tested to see whether it will hold up or not. If you wonder what's God going to use, right here. If what you're doing is good, the Bible will talk about that. If what you're doing is bad, the Bible will talk about that. We have no excuse. 1 John 2.28 And now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when He returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from Him in shame. I want everybody here to be ready. And when we get to that place where God says, all right, it's time. Let's see what you've done. You're not going to be going, oh, I was regretting this. 
you're going to be saying, hallelujah. Oh, I can't wait to see what he's going to give me because I live my life right. I did the good things that I was asked to do. I helped people when, when there were needs around me. I prayed for people on a regular basis. I believed God big for those that needed healing, etc., etc., etc. So will you rejoice in what is said about you? Or will you shrink back in embarrassment as a result of your needs? I'm going to have them play a short video for you. Jesus Fan Club Mug, $13. Testament, 50 cents. WWJD Bracelet, $4. Trendy Tea, $15. The Perfectly Placed Ichthys on Your Car, $7. of a Christian? Worthless. Sorry, Troy. I know. Did I look really goofy? That's all right. That's all right. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become righteous. The first step, when you're born again, God clothes us in in his righteousness. But that doesn't end there. And I love this, see where I'm at here. I love this. Revelation 19.8 in the New King James says, And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Now the NLT changes that up a little bit. I wanted to point out this word because righteous in this uh, verse, in the original language, is actually righteousnesses. It's plural. So yes, we begin with the righteousness of Christ, but then the other righteousnesses are added to us on top of, you can only have one foundation. Hear me clearly today. You can only have one foundation, and that's Christ. Everything is laid on that to start with, right? But then we begin to add some of these other things. I don't know how the well they show up. Faithfulness. You know, I could have put love on here. I could have put any one of the things. I put generous. Humility. You should be humble as a Christian. All of the good deeds, and I've got to take this off, all of the good deeds that you do on this planet are going to be rewarded when you get to heaven. And you're literally going to be given a garment like this. Now this is a poor rendition of it. I'm certain of that, Right? God can do a lot better than a a painter's outfit with gold and silver letters on it. But I wanted to just give you the illustration of what's happening here. When we come back, and I'm going to get to this in just a minute, when we come back, we're all going to be clothed in pure white. All of us. And we're going to have things on us. The good deeds that you have done Yes, the righteousness of Christ is top priority, but the rest of it is whatever you do, you guys coming over here today, and I just walked off camera, you guys who came all the way over here today to bless this church with your talents, those are good deeds. And let me just say, they didn't ask for anything financially. These guys, so if you happen to give them a healthy handshake, you know what to do. 
your good deeds are going to be accounted toward the righteousness that you wear one day. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with that? Let me share a couple more scriptures. Hallelujah. You'll understand this more clearly. Let's go back, let's go down to verse 10. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him, but he said, no, don't worship me. I am a servant of God, just like you and your brothers and sisters who testify about their faith in Jesus. Worship only God, for the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. What's this saying? Never bow to any angel. You know, there are some religions that were founded on the worship of angels. Never bow to an angel. John found that out the hard way. There's only one to be worshipped, and that's Jesus Christ. Have no other gods before me, the Lord said in Exodus 20, 4-6. Verse 11, Then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. Now what I want you to see here is this is the second time that heaven is opened. The first time was when the church went up in in, uh, chapter 4. Then it was closed. Now it's opening again, but this time it's going to have the opposite effect. This time, the church, clothed in their righteousness, are going to follow the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to do battle here on this earth. You and I are going to be with the Lord. How cool is that? His eyes, excuse me, his eyes were like flames of fire. And on his head were many crowns, and that's just a sign of his authority. A name was written on him that no one understood except him. He wore a robe dipped in blood. His title was the Word of God. So we know immediately who this is, just from that right there. Only Jesus, only Jesus was called the Word of God. You can if you go back to John chapter 1, or 1 John 1, 1, it talks about how Jesus was the Word. We don't know why His robe is dipped in blood. Nobody really understands what that is. Some of the speculation is that it's from those uh, who were martyred that were under the altar that were crying out for justice. Others said it could be the blood of the cross. Jesus, when He hung Himself on the cross, it could be that blood, or it could even be the blood that's going to be uh, poured out during this righteous war that we're going to see next week, or actually in, in a couple of verses. Nobody knows for sure, but we do know that there's blood on his robe. Then finally, as I said, we know this is Jesus because he is the only one that's called the Word of God. Verse 14, the armies of heaven, dressed in the finest of pure white linen, followed him on white horses. I get so excited when I read this. Do we have any horse people in here? Anybody doesn't like horses? We might need some training. (laughs) The one experience I had, and it happened to be white. The one experience I had is I was young, I was foolish, about 14. My sister decided, hey, let's go uh, rent some horses and go riding. I said, okay, sounds fun. She's about six years older than me. We get there. They give her this really cool horse. I said something about, yeah, I've ridden before. You know, I've ridden my buddy's nag. And uh, it was a nag. But anyway. So they put me on this, this horse they called Silver. It was really white. But, you know, the, the Lone Ranger, I think his horse was white. That's why they called it Silver. I didn't know much about it. I said, okay, cool, you know. We got out of there fine and taken off. And my sister, her horse started going a little faster and mine didn't. And I'm getting embarrassed because she's getting ahead of me and I'm like, come on. And finally, and I see these two young ladies off in the distance. Finally, I said, oh, this is embarrassing. I got to get this horse moving. So I yell, hi-ho, silver, and I kicked it. 
That thing took off like a rocket, and, and it almost dumped me there, which I should have fallen off there. It would have been a lot better for me. <laughs> have you ever been or seen a horse that was so stinking smart that it was too good for its own britches? This one calculated where the branches were <laughs> and where I was. And he would duck trying to take me off. And he did this for about a quarter mile before I finally fell off. And those two little girls that were watching from the distance, they were workers. <laughs> they were laughing their heads off. What'd you do? I don't know. Anyway, after it knocked me off, guess what it did? They're trained to do it. It went back to the barn. So I had to walk the mile and a half to get back there. And they're laughing away. How embarrassing. It's not going to be like that this time for those of you who don't ride. I'm sure we're going to get training. And they're going to be heaven's horses, so they'll be tame. <laughs> but we're all going to have one. And we're all going to come back with Jesus Amen. to fight this last battle. The last battle where Jesus is going to start to set his kingdom up. Can you get excited about that? Now listen to this part. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God the Almighty like juice flowing from a wine press. On his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's the only one that has that name. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I want you to get this picture. This war is going to be over swiftly, quickly. You and I, we're not even going to get bloody. The Lord's just going to speak it and it's going to happen. Just like He started the universe. Just like He started the planet. Just like He separated the day from the, the night. Just like He separated the waters from the land. Everything was spoken into existence. He's going to end it the same way. With His authority. With His mouth. All of His enemies are going to be destroyed. And their blood is going to be poured out for their sins against God and His people. Verse 16 in the NLT, which you see back here, that's actually a mistranslation. All of the other translations translated on his thigh and I just wanted to point it out because when I read it I was like all right if Jesus is it on here oh I thought I put it up I apologize I didn't the new King James says on if Jesus name King of Kings and Lord of Lords is on his robe and on his thigh I started thinking does that mean he has a tat and I, I really, I'd never read it before like that. And I thought, well, I know in the Old Testament it talks about not having tattoos. But I know why, because the people it did back then were usually prostitutes and people like that. But today a lot of people have tattoos. So Jesus would be pretty popular with some of you, right? But I don't want to make a doctrine of this, because I, I actually Googled it. And it actually talks about the, the two different sides and they, they generally say no Jew would ever have a tattoo, basically, is what they come up with. And I don't know what that is. I have a feeling, though, that Jesus' tattoo is going to be pretty slick. And it's not going to be like ink, but it's going to be like glowing. <laughs> King of kings! like Because that's the kind of God that we serve, isn't it? So let's not make a... It's just kind of fun to think about it. That's the only reason I even brought that up. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, shouting to the vultures flying high in the sky, Come, gather for the great banquet God has prepared. Come and eat the flesh of kings, generals, and strong warriors, of horses and their riders, and of all humanity, both free and slave, small and great. Now these two verses describe the carnage that's going to take place at the Battle of Armageddon. 
And there are really more than, there's more than one battle going on here. There's actually three, but I'm not getting into that today. But you can look this up further in Revelation 16, 6, Ezekiel 38, 39, Joel chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, and then uh, verses 11 to 17 talks about this more detail. But what I want you to get today is that Jesus is coming back for his church without spot or wrinkle. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's finish this up today. And the beast was captured. Sorry, back up. And the beast and the kings of the world and their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his armies. Now, just take a minute and think about this. You've already seen how everything that the Bible prophesied came to pass. What do you think is going to change if you're on the enemy's side? Nothing. And the Bible clearly says they are going to be defeated. They are going to be stomped on like grapes going through a wine press. The blood is going to be, there's going to be so much blood that it's going to take months to clean up the carnage. And the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast. Miracles that deceive all who had accepted the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. So if you end up staying here, if you don't go up in the rapture, do not take the mark of the beast. Because if you do, it's over. It's better to be martyred in your faith than to take the mark of the beast just so you can eat. Or just so you don't get beaten. Go through whatever you have to, to do. But keep your allegiance to the Lord. If, I hope you don't end up staying, but should you? Okay? And again, what's it say? Both the beast and his false prophet were thrown alive into the fire lake of burning sulfur. Those who say hell is not real, do not read the Bible. You cannot skip over this. The beast and the false prophet will meet their just end. No longer will mankind be faced with this kind of evil anymore. These two are going to be locked away and will remain there for that thousand year reign, which I'll get into more next week. They'll remain there for that thousand year reign where Satan will join them at the end of that thousand years. He will finally be judged himself. The last verse. Their entire army was killed by the sharp sword that came from the mouth of the one riding the white horse, and the vultures all gorged themselves on the dead bodies. Now, I know this is gross. It's not intended to look pretty. God wants us to understand that He hates sin. He hates people that sin. The act, the sinfulness, He can't tolerate it. And it's going to be judged, whatever it is. Whether you're living for God or not, it's going to be judged. Hallelujah. As I said, next, next week we'll get into the millennium, the 1,000 year reign of Christ, the marriage supper of the Lamb, which I believe, as do many scholars, that it's going to take place here on earth. I'll share that why next week. I, what I want you to get today is this. Each of us, as I begin to close, each of us needs to be ready. I already said this. This is just my rendition of putting on the righteousness of Christ. But we're all going to come back dressed in white. Only it's going to be God's clothes tailored to us. And we're going to look amazing, by the way. All of us are going to look amazing. And we're all going to be behind Him, cheering Him on. Praise the Lord! Let's go get Him, Jesus! It's going to be exciting. If you don't already know this, the first step you have to come to Christ. You have to be clothed in His righteousness. We've already gone through those Scriptures. Second step, 
Once you're saved, you need to do good deeds. How many good deeders do we have in here? How many not-so-good deeders? Nah, don't raise your hand. <laughs> Would you stand with me? We've got four minutes. You know, the end of the service to me is the most important part of the whole service. Why? Because we take steps of faith to change. And God is in the change business. This is His business right here, what happens right now. So could I ask everyone to bow your heads just for a moment? Could I ask, is there anyone here today that you'd say, Pastor, I I need Jesus. I need to take that first step. I want to be clothed in His righteousness And I don't think I've done that yet, but I'd like you to pray for me today. If that's you, would you lift your hand up so I can see it clearly? Anybody here? Yep, yep. Anybody else? You can put put them down if you already raised them. Anyone else that hasn't raised their hand? All right. Now, the second part. The good deed part. You know, we're we're probably our own worst critics. Most of us are. But I just want to ask, do your good deeds outweigh your bad? Do you even think about doing things for the Lord? Things that will advance the kingdom, things that will draw people to Jesus. Do you use, do you spend your life for your Heavenly Father to do do or take care of His business? If you do, that's awesome, but I believe there are some here today that probably say, uh, maybe not. If that's you, would you lift your hand? You're the maybe not person. I'd like to pray with you today. Yep, other hands? Yep, thank you. Put them down. You're here today and you'd say, you know what, Pastor? I don't think I spend my life for Jesus. I probably think about me more than anybody else. Just lift your hand up so I can see it. Wow, thank you. Thanks for being honest. See, I have a feeling there are a whole lot more people in here that should be raising their hand for this. This is that moment when God sees what you're doing and He says, all right, you're being honest with me. I can work with that. But it's the ones that ignore it and just say, hey, I'm fine, man. By the blood of Jesus, I'm going to heaven. Yeah, you are. But are you going to be that one that at the very end you're embarrassed because you've done nothing for the Master? except serve yourself. One last chance. You want to get get in on this last prayer? Lift your hand up real quick so I can see it. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Put them down. I'd like everybody to pray. There were uh, some that raised their hand for salvation today. And then we'll wrap it up with that other end of this thing. And we're actually going to go out of here, I think, on a song that we all know, and that's the Revelation song, which I thought was really fitting today. So uh, let's pray. And I would ask all the saints in the room to pray with me, if you would. Heavenly Father, I pause for a moment today to recognize my need for you. You sent Jesus to take care of my sin and to ready me for heaven. Today I take advantage of that. Forgive me of my many sins and make me a new person. And Lord, today I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Now help me to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. And Lord, I haven't been using my life the way that I should. There are many lost people out there today. They need to hear about Jesus. There are many positions in the church that go unfilled. I need to fill one of those. I need to put myself in your hands and say, use me, Lord, as you see fit. 
Help me to do good things with my resources, all that you've given me. I pray in Jesus' name. Let me show you this last scripture. The book of James, chapter 2, 17 and 18. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my, my faith by my good deeds. Can you live by that? Can you live by that? Not too many people in here supercharged about this idea. Can you live by that? Wow. This is important stuff here today. Every one of us falls into this. We're all going to stand before the Master. What's He going to say about us? I want to hear, well done, Norm. Here are your rewards. Not, uh, Norm, what about this day? Sorry, Lord. What about that day? No. Live for Him. Amen? Heavenly Father, we thank You again for everything You're doing in this church, in the body of Christ. God, grow us up as only you can. And I pray that throughout this week, Lord, we will be reminded of your scriptures, your word. We'll be reminded of the price you paid for our righteousness. And Lord, that we have a part in this. It's up to us to do good deeds. And those deeds will be judged one day. Lord, I thank you for every person within the hearing of my voice, both live on the podcast and the audio recordings, Lord. And I pray that we would take this with us today and that we would use it to bring you glory and praise and honor. Bless our snack time after the service and our fellowship. Bless this worship team behind me, Lord, as only you can. Again, we commit our people into your hands and the common grounds this afternoon, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's sing this song and then we'll go out of here on a high note.